stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Yeehaw! Okay, okay. Holy cow! Can I have your attention, please? Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Hi, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's Drew, and we have got a lot of stuff to cover today. Vandalism in the public access areas. Uh, Wyoming Game and Fish Department, not just all about hunting and fishing. They also take care of those areas. Matt Pollock and Janet in to converse about that. Brian Woodward going to chit-chat about fishing and some of the great things uh, going in the store at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, and Melissa Hill, who is the uh, Live Raptor Program Manager at Draper Natural History Museum, part of the uh, Center of the West. And Cody will learn all about raptors on the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you haven't heard all of our programs, you can hear them inside the app. Just hit On Demand and bada-bing, bada-boom, there you are. Let's get right to it. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Anything goes extra fun. Woo! My Country 95.5. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Thanks for tuning in to Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Janet Millick, Matt Pollock with us today. And, you know, guys, if you've ever been in Casper and you've seen a train that has graffiti all over it, I mean, there are a lot of those where people will take it upon themselves to design them. It does. It happens a lot. And while you may get to see the the train car graffiti, we get to see the sign bullet holes. If it's not yours, why are you destroying it? First off is what I'd like to say to these people. And shooting up signs is definitely not a good thing because you never know what's on the backside of that sign. That's absolutely <laughs> correct, Drew. Uh, unfortunately, part of my job uh, requires me to to clean up the the vandalism that that people do. Like you mentioned, the the train cars. Lately, over the last several years, I've several instances of appears to me anyway as gang related uh, graffiti painted on uh, some of our comfort stations. Uh, certainly, we get the the shot signs. Sometimes people are even shooting into the outhouses, and and I always wonder: Are they aware of what's behind them, and and uh, the implications of not just conducting vandalism, which is costly and and incredibly selfish, but uh, you could really hurt somebody or or something. So. Uh, it, it, it's a big problem. Uh, discharging firearms, one of the great things about Wyoming is we have a lot of open spaces, lots of places we can go to shoot and, and enjoy shooting sports, uh, but we need to be responsible when we do that, Drew, and, and part of that responsibility is being aware of our backgrounds, but also bring along a target and don't use a, a, a sign or a highway sign or a a building as, as your target. And Matt is being very kind in what he's saying. Matt oversees a lot of the public access areas and wildlife habitat management areas that the Wyoming Game and Fish has. Some of those are um, easements that we have on other people's land. So the Game and Fish does not own them. And some of that is our land. And so a lot of times what happens is, you know, these areas are misused. They leave a lot of trash on them. They shoot up the signs, whatever it might be. And, you know, we can be at risk at losing access to to these fantastic places where we can go easily recreate and enjoy wildlife. 
I, I've never understood the the motivation for conducting vandalism, but one of the things that, that occurs, as Janet said, is uh, sometimes that's on private property. Then you're showing disrespect to the, the private property owner, and, and that does put our, our easements in, in jeopardy of being lost to the enjoyment of, of the Wyoming people. Recently, I had an incident down near Douglas in which someone set a, an old wooden outhouse on fire and uh, burned it to the ground, but it also ended up catching the uh, the, the base landowner's fence on fire and burned some forage and some trees. It's it's just a mess. Some and, people and, are really crappy. Yeah. <laughs> no pun, pun intended. intended. <laughs> but you know, in, in all seriousness, Drew, Game and Fish spends between thirty and forty thousand dollars a year replacing signs, dealing with vandalism that we have across these lands um, across the state. And that's really a lot of sportsmen's dollars. I mean, think of the number of fishing licenses that that has to be sold to cover the cost of that. And you know, ethical and responsible um Sportsmen and women are, are the ones that, that end up paying for it. And so we want to remind people that, you know, um, you can always watch for those things to happen, help us clean things up. And, and if you do see something, don't hesitate to call the Stop Poaching Hotline, which is 1-877-WGFD-TIP. If someone's caught doing vandalism on any of these areas, whether it be an outhouse or shooting a sign, what could happen to them? That's a good question. I'm not a game warden. So the typical law enforcement activity would be the same as if you were on anybody else's land. In uh, some cases we've had where people have been caught, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't happen very often. But when we do have those wonderful instances where somebody gets caught, oftentimes we make the, the judge will make those people do community service. And so some of the things that they have to do then are cleaning up the messes that, that they created. So punishment fits the crime. If someone wants to find out more information on, you know, what they can do about this vandalizing, what, how can they reach out to you guys? Call any of your regional offices. Um, you can talk to um, your wildlife habitat and access coordinator or supervisor in the region. So here that's Matt Pollock and they can certainly help you understand, you know, the challenges that they face. And, and it would be great to organize different um, cleanup days or events or anything along those lines. And so uh, those individuals would, would love to hear from the public if they have ideas or just want to help. So over the last few years, there's been a, a phrase that's been used because so many things have happened, but see something, say something. And that, that goes right in line here in, in this situation. Always wgfd.wild.gov, a great opportunity for you to find out a lot of information and, and phone numbers and how to contact them. Janet, Matt, thank you so much. And Matt, good job. And hope you don't have to work too much this summer. <laughs> thank you, Drew. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, My Country 95.5. Thanks so much for coming back to the show. It's Drew along with Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Now, Brian, one of the key factors that Rocky Mountain Discount Sports has is the fact that Traeger grills are here, and I know that you have a couple of those. You get all of your, your uh, pellets and seasonings and even your grilling tools and 
I think you're pretty good at this. You've got a couple of those. Yeah, and we've got a great selection, and we uh, actually, uh, I think, one of the few platinum dealers in Wyoming. So not only do we have just your everyday, uh, you know, tailgater, we've got uh, even the old Big Daddy Traeger XL, which is uh, just a phenomenal unit. Now, for those that are listening that don't have a smoker, this may be like foreign language to you when you talk pellets and different types of smoke. And that's one of the great things about Traeger and that you guys carry different uh, pellets for different smokes. Yeah, it's um, it's really a, a pretty awesome way to cook. And I, I can't explain the technology behind it because I just don't understand it well enough. But, you know, you're cooking things for a lot longer to, to get that smoke uh, smell and, and flavor to it. We use ours probably three nights a week. Even cooking things like chicken that you would think maybe smoke would dry it out, just seem, kind of seems that it would play in there. It it doesn't. It uh, the, the flavor and the quality, uh, it makes an average barbecue guy look like a pro <laughs> and this time of year i mean we're past memorial day now so summer is unofficially officially begun and if you're out catching fish or uh, maybe you have some some leftover game from this year put it on the smokers really easy yeah, and I actually used my Traeger to do a lot of my uh, my jerky. So, you know, I'm, I've still got some some elk and some of the deer that I'm going to start processing. And, you know, as I'm home during the weekend and uh, doing some yard work or gardening, whatever we're doing, uh, whatever honeydews, uh, <laughs> get a batch going in the morning and just kind of just keep it going. And then if you don't have those honeydews and maybe you're out on the water and doing some fishing, uh, now's a great time to, to really do fishing because the weather is just perfect. A buddy of mine was telling me that uh, he had cut out a, an article from the newspaper back in the day that said that the walleyes just don't know when to stop biting down at Glendo. Oh. And uh, the, the the fishing has been really good down there. If you need to get your fishing license, then the Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is a great place for that or any of the supplies you need from poles to baits to even tackle boxes. I mean, everything you need for the hard line goods, but uh, we're also stocking minnows, leeches, and worms. So if you're looking for a, a fun adventure this weekend, come by and check them out at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And maybe Maybe you're heading up on the mountain to do some hiking or even riding the ATV or the, the side-by-sides, and you got to have all your correct paperwork that you can get here. Yeah, so make sure if you're if you're riding trails that uh, you've got your ORV tags that you need. Uh, those can be purchased here. You need make, model, and serial number. Pretty simple to, to make sure you're legal on that aspect. The other one to be uh, cautious on, we just get, got in our kayaks for the year. And uh, if you are going to be on the water, make sure that uh, you have your AIS stickers that are available through uh, the Game and Fish also. Many options for you to come out here and check out a Rocky Mountain Discount Sport. Maybe you're thinking about a camping trip this week or next weekend. It'd be a great time for it. And you guys got a great selection of tents and, and all the gear you need. Yeah, the tents, the sleeping bags. Uh, we got a big selection of uh, Coleman coolers and uh, the Coleman road, road trip grills, which are nice compact grills so if you don't have a big truck and you're just going to go get away for the weekend, uh, those those pack up really nicely. I went out a couple of weeks ago and went up to um, Laramie Peak and, and did some camping. And, and uh, thank God for Rocky Mountain Discount Sports for keeping me warm because it was a little <laughs> chilly still. St it still gets a little nippy <laughs> at night. It so. sure does. <laughs> get all your gear here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Mike and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Thanks again for tuning in. It's Drew along with Brian Woodward from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports still sticking around. And, Brian, we're to the point where summertime is upon us. Temperatures are warming up. Water temperatures are warming up. 
Are fish going to start reacting a little different now? Yeah, as the water temperature warms up, for one, it's a lot more enjoyable to be on the water. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the fishing tends to, tends to heat up as well. So uh, whether you're fishing on the river, whether you're fishing on the reservoir or lake systems, um, really the fishing should be great the next you know, five, six, seven weeks. How detailed do people need to get when they're setting up the, the rig that they're going to fish with or uh, the baits that are, they're looking at? I mean, fishing's supposed to be simple, right? Yeah, sometimes I think we overthink it. You know, we always think that it's a certain color or a certain speed that we're retrieving a, a lure or a crankbait or how fast we're jigging our jig back to the, to the boat or to the shore. Uh, sometimes it's just good to get back to the simple basics, and really there's nothing more basic than a, than a jig or a hook and a worm. In which, I mean, growing up, that's what most of us started with is just, you know, slip bobber or a worm and sit back and relax. Yeah, and I've, I've talked about slip bobbers before. I mean, especially if you're fishing from shore, it's pretty common that, you know, you look out there and there's a bunch of boats on the water and they're all casting towards shore. And then, you know, we're sitting on shore and we're casting out as far as we can, which you know, kind of contradicts, you know, each other. So um, watch what people are doing. Uh, but especially if you're going to be fishing for walleyes, uh, the walleyes uh, tend to, to run pretty shallow for the most part when they're feeding. Uh, there are, you know, a lot of times that I'm in the boat and I see fish in deeper water, those fish are just kind of hanging out and just kind of relaxing, but they're, they tend to be coming up shallower to feed, chasing those minnows in the weeds or picking up worms or, you know, whatever they do off the shore. So kind of just pay attention to what's going on around you. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of a, a jig and a worm or a slip bobber and a leech would be uh, my, my primary presentations this coming up. There's a fishing tournament going on this weekend in Glendo, and then it moves on to Pathfinder. Will there be a big difference of fishing between the two different uh, reservoirs? Yeah, Pathfinder always fishes a little bit different. Um, you know, it kind of fishes like Seminole. Back in the day, you know, we, kinda, we referred to Seminole as the tournament of 10s, either 10 inches or 10 pounders. <laughs> and the, the walleyes just grow a lot slower there just because of the lack of forage in that reservoir system. So it does fish a lot different. Sometimes you have to cover a little more ground. So especially if you're fishing from a boat, uh, covering, covering more water, whether you're you know, pulling crankbaits or you're pulling worm harnesses, usually some type of a trolling or drifting application is really productive up there. What about for a family? I know just this past weekend we had a kids fishing day at, at Yesna Spawn where the uh, North Platte Walleye Unlimited, they gave a bunch of fishing poles away. And mm -hmm. what if mom and dad want to continue that? Is Yesna a good option for that? Well, it's always good just to get kids out. I mean, you know, in my in my opinion, you know, we want to take them places where we think that they can be successful. And so just the right presentation, um, it's always good just to get kids out, right? And, so, you know, half the time they, they spend the first 10 or 15 minutes watching a bobber, and then pretty soon they're skipping rocks and yeah. throw, throwing dirt. So Yesness Pond, if you're going to stay in town, Yesness Pond is a, is a good option. The pond's down by Brian Stock, um, by the landfill, down off of that direction has a pretty wide uh, diversification of fish in there and people tend to be pretty successful out of there and then you got jessica's pond out by the spees fish hatchery uh the river the river fishes pretty well um 
Really, it just kind of depends on how much time you have and what you want to what you want to target. There's definitely all kinds of places to fish here. That's one mm -hmm. thing that I really love about this, and and love you know just walking in your store, you see families that come in here, and you know maybe they're getting the the first fishing pole. So it's it's really kind of cool to see. And then throughout the summer, there's the walleye league that goes on here too. Yeah. So Jay Fountain with the Wyoming Hunting and Fisher uh, Fisherman is actually uh, going to start up the walleye leagues up at Pathfinder. Um, it's going to be a 10-week uh, program. It's going to be on Wednesday nights. I believe he's got all of his permits in hand. Um, I think I think the fishing hours is going to be like 6 to 9 or 5 to 9. Um, it's really kind of a cool program. For one, it uh, allows a guy to you know, force himself to maybe leave work a little bit early that, that day. Um, but, you know, really encourages to, to grab some kids and jump in the boat with you. Uh, it's going to be a 10-week program. They... Uh, they wouldn't allow us to have all 10 weeks in a row at Pathfinder, so we're rotating every other week uh, between Pathfinder and Alcova. Uh, and then, you know, when it's all said and done, they're going to take the, the best five weeks and pay out uh, not only nightly prizes for uh, biggest bag, but they're also going to do a big fish prize, a small fish prize, and then they're going to do a, a, a season-ending a season um, award as well. So really, I mean, there's no excuse for not getting out and fish. If you love to fish or you've always wanted to get into fishing, the opportunities are big here. Yeah, I mean, we're just talking about the reservoir systems, the river systems. I mean, the, the North Platte River has so many opportunities. And if you've got, you know, a loved one that, you know, that you want to do a special Father's Day gift for or birthday or whatever, you know, there's a lot of reputable uh, local guides on the river system that will show you and your spouse or you and your best friend like one of the best days ever i mean they, these guides on on the river they're the ones that are rowing those drift boats they're the ones that know what bugs are working what runs they're holding fish and it's it's one of those things that you know you need to take the time to do absolutely well thanks again brian it's always fun now we'll talk next week to Jay Fountain about the uh, Walleye League that's coming up this summer. In just a couple of minutes, we'll talk to Melissa Hill, the live Raptor program manager from Draper Natural History Museum, one of the five at the Center of the West in Cody. Summertime. Filming, hooking, and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome back to the show, and we have a great one uh, today, still a great guest, Melissa Hill, who is the uh, program manager for the Live Raptor program at the Center of the West Museum, one of the five there in, in Cody, and it's quite the layout and spread at this big museum, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. There's actually seven acres of museum indoor space all under this one building. That's absolutely insane. If you drive by it, you drive by it and keep going and going and going. Yeah. It's, so, <laughs> Yeah, it's huge. With the Raptor program, can you tell us a little bit about what happens with this program? Sure. Um, so we, we care for live raptors, hawks, eagles, falcons, owls, that are no longer able to survive in the wild. And and so they're all disabled in one way or another. And we use them um, as kind of ambassadors 
ambassadors for their species to help kind of make that connection with folks um, through the Draper Natural History Museum, which is one of those five museums there. You guys have programs all through the summer, all year round, actually. You just kind of reduce your schedule a little bit out of peak season. (laughs) Yes. We just started our summer schedule with Memorial Day weekend. So we are currently presenting two programs every day with our birds at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And then um, we also have a bald eagle who is on exhibit Typically right now he's off his exhibit just because we're still dealing with the avian influenza that's going on. But as soon as we kind of get through that, then he'll be back out on exhibit. So if you happen to come visit in between the times when we have programs and you can't make it to one, you should at least be able to go see Jade, who is our bald eagle. Now, Melissa, you had mentioned that a lot of these birds can't survive in the wild anymore. During a program, what types of things are we going to learn? Like hunting skills? It often varies we're pretty informal. So a lot of the times we're just almost kind of having a conversation with the guests. So most of the time, the basics of what you're going to learn are what makes a raptor different from the rest of the bird species out there. And then we also really focus on the individual natural histories of the birds that we have in that specific program. So we rotate them so that if you come to more than one, hopefully you get to see different birds every time you come in. Um, So you'll learn hunting styles, where they're found, what they eat. Uh, We also really like to share the individual bird stories because every one of them has I mean, a real message behind it because there's only one of our 12 birds that's with us that isn't there because of human interference in one way or another. So most of our birds are hit by vehicles. Uh, We have one bird that got tangled in a barbed wire fence that suffered so much damage to her wing, she had to have it half removed. Um, So, and we've even got a bird that had some lead poisoning. So every one of their stories isn't just related to them, but it relates to all the people and just kind of helping folks learn what they can do to be, you know, better stewards for our wildlife out there, um, things that can maybe help them if they happen to come across a bird that's injured. So we try to focus a lot on the generics of of raptors and, and about the species, but also really get into the individuals that we have as well. When you say the word raptor, um, is that a broad word for for those listening? It, it really is. And It's even kind of controversial. I don't know if that's the best word, but within the bird world, uh, because it kind of changes a little bit. So in general, raptors, I use them interchangeably with birds of prey. Uh, So some people don't. Most of us do. I go off of uh, the Peregrine Fund. They're kind of our guides for that. But they're they're the meat eating birds. Yes. But the big thing that separates them is that they're going to catch their food with their feet rather than using their beaks. So that's what really makes raptors different than other birds. What are some of the the raptors that we may experience here in Wyoming that maybe are more significant than others? The most common raptors that you're going to be able to see, and really across all of North America, red-tailed hawks. They're absolutely everywhere. They can be found in lots of different habitats. They're very general, really hardy kind of species out there. So it's really the most common hawk that we have in Wyoming, and we we do keep them year-round. So you can see them any time of year. We have a lot fewer in the winter, but they are still here. Um, And then great horned owls are also extremely common 
you just got to pay attention because they tend to like lower light. So it's a little bit harder to see them. And um, one that we're really proud of being able to have at the museum, we do have a golden eagle, which uh, they're kind of iconic out here in the West. So it's a bird that you don't often see it's very rare to see a golden eagle in the eastern part of the country but in wyoming you've got good chances to see them so it's really special to not only see one in the wild but when you come to the museum if you can meet our golden eagle kateri um, that's one that is pretty exciting for folks and then the other really common one a lot of people just kind of dismiss them because they're so little but american kestrels they are the smallest member of the falcon family in north america and they're absolutely everywhere so when you see that kind of robin sized bird sitting up on a power line that's kind of bobbing its tail and its head's going up and down most likely you're looking at a bird that's up on that wire hunting is there a, a website that is specifically for the raptors yeah if you go to centerofthewest.org/raptors that'll take you to our page uh, there's a lot of information about the birds uh, how you can support us through donations and adoptions um, for the birds specifically just on the general page it'll have more information about when our program are as well. Melissa Hill, Live Raptor Program Manager at Draper Natural History Museum, which is part of the Center of the West Museums there in Cody. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Ah, pleasure's all mine, Melissa. Thank you so much. If you missed out on any of today's show, you can go listen on demand at the My Country 95.5 app. And that goes for all of our shows. We have two seasons with uh, over 20 episodes in each season. So that'll keep you busy for quite a while. Get over there and check it out. Coming up next week, we'll talk to Jay Fountain about the Walleye uh, League that's coming. Plus, Justin Benfit is talking Mountain Lions with Wyoming Gaming.